welcome to the What I Love About Men podcast. I'm your host, Steph Ganowski. After having multiple negative experiences with men, I started to believe all men were toxic. That is, until a few male strangers challenged my belief completely. This made me realize that a major problem with men in relationships stems from the fact that most men don't really love themselves or pay enough attention to their own strengths. I want to change that. Now I'm on a mission to help men thrive mentally, emotionally, physically, and sexually in their relationships with themselves and with women. So stay tuned and see how my passion can help you as a man. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode on the What I Love About Men podcast. Today, I have a really special guest for you. He's a confidence and mind-body expert. But before I introduce him, I just want to remind you to please head over to iTunes, give this podcast a rating and a positive review. If it's helping you, if it's bringing value to your life, I would so appreciate that. And don't forget that if you do it, I will send you the Ideal Woman Questionnaire. And this questionnaire will help you get super clear on the exact woman you want to attract. So you want this form, you want this questionnaire, And the only way to get it is to leave a review on my iTunes. (laughs) So go over, do that, and let's get into the episode. Confidence coach and mind-body expert Arvin Anderson helps entrepreneurs, coaches, and influencers who are wanting to make a positive impact in the world and create an unstoppable confidence within themselves through the mastery of their mind and body. After coaching over 2,000 people in their quest for life transformation, he's created the Achieve Your Impossible methodology, which is designed to help his clients break through their current limitations so they can align with their purpose and create more wealth and more fulfillment in their life. Welcome to the show, Arvin. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited for this conversation. Oh, me too. Especially because I talk so much about mind-body and the guys love that who listen. So I was like, oh my God, he'd be perfect. So. I'm excited. Yeah. You dive been, into some been, hacks. I've been diving really deep into the whole connection of mind and body over the last 10 years. And the, the deeper oh. I dive, the more clar- clarity I get out of it. And the more everything just, you know, it just starts to make sense. Make sense mm-hmm. of what we're supposed to be doing and, and why what we've done in the past just hasn't really been working. Yeah. And what have we been doing in the past that hasn't been working? Well, a lot of what we do whenever we're trying to create any kind of change for ourselves is we dive right into action. You know, for example, if if you're unhappy with the way that you look, usually the first thing people do is they try to go get a gym membership or start a diet. And the big disconnect there is they're not really changing anything on their inner world before they're going out there trying to change things on their external world. And when you continue to show up as the same person in, the, in different scenarios, nothing's really going to change. You need to do some work on the inside, you know, some of that mind work before that body can show up and start to do the work that you're wanting it to to do for you. Yeah, that's so true. Are you familiar with Dr. Joe Dispenza? Yes, I am. I'm a big fan. Yeah, same. He talks about a lot of creating a new identity. Do you, mm-hmm. do you believe that? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's our responsibility to teach ourselves and train ourselves to shift into the person that we want to be. I think we've, we've spent so much of our life living in a reactive state, right? We let things just happen mm-hmm. to us and, and whatever happens throughout the day is going to decide how we decide to feel that day. And then once we start feeling a certain way for a long period of time, we seek out ways to continue bringing on those feelings for ourselves. And we feel like we have no control over it. But in reality, we have full control over it. But just like, you know, I look at it like training a muscle, right? It's 
you get you become aware of what it is that you want, but then you got to put the practice in to strengthen that, and it takes time, and it takes patience, and it, and it takes focus and intention, and it's not something that's going to be an instant change for you. But if you commit to that practice of of that daily routine of trying to shift into that person that you want to be, over time you're going to start to feel those shifts, and you're going to start to see yourself showing up differently. And when you do that, you start to just create different results, you know, better results for yourself. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That was so beautifully said. And I want to Thank go you. into, I want to go into the, you're welcome. I want to go into the intention, but before I do that, um, oh, I just wanted to ask you, oh, I wanted to ask you something based on what you just said. Er. Okay. Let's go into the intention first. Now come back. It'll come back to you. <laughs> it always does. I'll come back. Um, so I found you on on Instagram and one of your posts I think it was in your stories and you were talking about the importance of intention and I was like oh I like this guy because that's something I actually just did a, a YouTube video on it yesterday and I know like intention is so powerful and some people just don't they don't understand like why it's so powerful you know it's like oh like tell myself I'm going to do something or shift my focus okay whatever then I'm going to go back to old patterns like can you explain mm -hmm. the importance of intention and what it actually does like what it can do for you. Yeah, and it goes very in line with what I was just saying previously is is we kind of walk through life letting things happen to us. Where with intention it's it's how how you're going to decide to show up that day. You know, having full clarity on what it is that you want for yourself and then showing up as the person that that you need to be in order to create it, but to be intentional with all the actions that you're taking. Be intentional with the thoughts that you're thinking. Be intentional with how you're showing up in different interactions and and how you're showing up for yourself and what it is that you're you're working towards. You know, Can something you give an that's, example of that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm uh, one of the first podcasts I listened to was Tim Ferriss. Right, I listened to Tim Ferriss mm. relentlessly for a long time because I just loved the conversations he would have with people that were performing at a, at a high level in all areas of life. And one of the things that he uh, asked everybody, what he found consistent with a lot of those people is that almost all of them had morning rituals, which was basically the way that they woke up every day and set their intention for the day. They woke up, they, they managed their emotional state, they managed their energy level, they put themselves at, at, at where they wanted to be and where they knew they needed to be for the way in which they wanted to show up that day. And that puts them in control. That way, when things happen, they're managing their emotional state. They're managing how they want to show up in those moments so that, that they don't go into that reactive state. And then once, because once that happens, once you become reactive and you let all these different things affect you, well, then you're kind of, you're, you're putting yourself into that, that negative frequency and you start to bring those things into your life. You know, if you want something better for yourself, then you have to be able to manage that emotional state and that frequency that's going to attract those things into your life. But that's your responsibility to have that practice to show up intentionally. And part of that is knowing exactly what it is that you want for yourself and the kind of person you need to be in order to create those things. Yeah. I feel like so many people are just so clueless as to what they want. It's like there's so much focus on what they don't want. There's not enough yeah, clarity. Yeah, that's kind of how we've been conditioned. Be. Yeah. And that's a, it's a practice, right? So when I sit here and I work with clients, I'm like, well, I'm not really sure what it is that I want. And that's okay. Let's have the conversation about it because we're really not talking about it that much. And the more that we talk about it and the more that we kind of write some things out, the more that vision starts to evolve. And it doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily need to have like, I know exactly what I want for my life. This is exactly where I'm going. 
it doesn't have to be that perfect. But what we do need to do is, again, like you just said, right, we need to shift our momentum from focusing on all the things that we don't have and shifting into what it is that we want and, and building that, that thought pattern towards creating clarity to what that is. But it changes, yeah. right? You know, as you, as you get closer and as you evolve and you learn more things about it, it changes. But it's just mm -hmm. a matter of what we're thinking about, letting, letting that vision evolve to what it is that we end up creating for ourselves. Yeah. And I never thought about it like that, like that it is constantly changing. And when it comes to clarity, you don't have to know exactly, but you do have to know the direction you want to head in thing because it, it will always change. That's true. Yeah. But I mean, what is it, you know, why do we want the things that we want? I mean, we want them because we think we'll feel better in the having of it. So we're really mm -hmm. just pursuing a feeling, right? We're, we're trying to acquire all these mm -hmm. things because we think it's going to make us feel better. When in reality, yeah. We need to train ourselves to feel that way first. And then we start to create those things from that place. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Like we're chasing all mm -hmm. these things to give us this feeling that we really can just generate ourselves like at any time if we want it. Yeah. And then that's oh. that, that whole mind body connection, right? Because, you know, obviously what we feel, we feel in our body, but what we feel is created by the things that we're thinking about. So by changing the way that we think and changing the thoughts that we're entertaining, we'll therefore change the way that we're feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Can you give like a mind, can you give like a mind body hack for the guys that they can especially use in the morning as part of a routine or something? Yeah. Like for me, it's, it's managing an emotional state, right? And I'm a big Tony Robbins guy. I love Tony mm. and he's very big okay. on energy. And one of the things that I learned from him was that if you took your energy scale on a scale of one to 10, you know, most people are, are at a two or a three and they never really go above a five, right? They mm. just kind of walk around in their daily routine and they're just, their energy is pretty low. But for me, and what I learned from him is if you can train yourself to take your energy up to a 10, then you're going to live at a seven, right? You're going to live at a seven or eight and you're just going to live mm. at this higher vibration. And when you do that, when you train yourself to do that, you just have more energy. And when you have more energy, it creates more confidence in your body. So one of the things that I do in, in the morning is I, I run myself through the one through 10. And my one through 10 little confidence hack is just counting from one to 10. And every time you see a number, you get louder and a little bit more intense with the number. I don't know if Ooh. I can do it. Should I try it? I don't, I, I've can never done do it? it on a podcast. I don't know if it's going to be like <laughs> too loud if I scream into this microphone. <laughs> That's okay. Just do it. But, I'll back off just a little bit. So a little, okay. little distance, right? So it's okay. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh, shit. I do that. And I elevate my energy up to as loud of a 10 as I can. And I take myself into that place. And then when I wow. elevate my energy and I feel myself vibrating, and I'll do it a few times until I'm literally vibrating. And then I just, again, you, you kind of just go down to about a seven or eight. And that's just where I live. I don't ever go down to a two, right? I, I don't ever go yeah. down there anymore, right? Unless I'm intentionally shifting my energy to meet a client where they are at, which is necessary in, in, the, in the coaching process, you know, I'll, I'll adjust my energy to, to, to match them with the intention of bringing them back up. Oh, my God. I love that. I'm stealing that. I'm using that. <laughs> that got me so pumped. Can you, like, the 10, when you got to the 10, you sounded so masculine and primal. Like, it was so like, ah! Do you think that's something <laughs> you did? Do you think that's something that can help the guys, like, bring out their masculinity? 
Absolutely. It's so it's, like, it's oh scary God. to do that. Like when I did that for you right there, like there was fear involved, right? There's something scary mm. about really just unleashing your full power. Yeah, that's true. There is. But the more you do it, the more the more you know you can access it whenever you need it. And it's not it's not necessarily about being in it. It's knowing that it's available and that you can mm. use it whenever you need it, need it in your life. Yeah. And that keeps you on a higher scale of energy regularly. Absolutely. And I think it's important for men and women. You know, I'm, I love the, yeah. the concept of masculine and feminine energy. You know, I know when it's important to stand in my power and hold my certainty and my confidence. And I also know how to shift into, you know, love and appreciation and gratitude and connection and being able to understand, you know, where, where does my energy need to be in this moment so it best serves me and everybody involved in it. And being mm-hmm. able to access both sides of that, even though most people are dominantly one side, right? It doesn't matter mm-hmm. if you're male or female. You usually have We're all a dominant both, yeah. masculine or feminine essence, right? But being able to shift in between the two is where your real power is. Yeah. That's what makes a strong man, like a man who's able to shift to his feminine whenever, I, whenever needed, right? Oh, man, that was the one of the biggest lessons I ever learned, you know, just as men, we're always taught to to hold strong right like don't express your emotion because mm-hmm. that, that that makes you weak and you know just hold up that wall right like hold that wall hold that wall and man mm-hmm. i was holding that wall for so long and it just you know just i felt so conflicted until i actually went into a uh, i went to a, an intimacy intensive um mm-hmm. which taught me the where I, that's where i learned all about masculine and feminine energy and they taught us how to flow in between the two and part of that process was just like this incredible release of, of every emotional pain and scar that I've been holding on to my whole life. And it was a very emotional process, you know, and everything just came pouring out of me. And once it did, it's just, I, I'd never felt that degree of strength within myself afterwards. And it was then that I realized that, you know, holding all that in didn't make me stronger. It made me weaker. And that by letting all letting it all out and and you know learning to build the confidence with speaking about how I feel and speaking about my pain and speaking about my fears, that it, it did enable me to connect with people on a deeper level, connect with myself on a deeper level, and I and I really for the first time started to feel like a man, like a like a strong person. Wow! So it was that intensive that allowed you to stop holding on to that wall so strictly. Yeah, it, it was, you know, really learning the the essence of, of, of communicating from a masculine and feminine point of view, you know, with your significant other and, and what that, when you can connect with somebody on that depth of a level, yeah, the, the intimacy that's, the intimate connection that's formed from there is really what we're searching for. But we have to be able to let go of all those superficial fears and, and beliefs that we've been given in order to access that connection. So true. Wow. So what got you, is that what what got you into coaching? Like after you had that experience and you were like, holy shit, this is crazy for me and life transforming. Yeah. Well, I've been coaching in the health and fitness world for about almost eight years now. Okay. And so that's what led me to the, you know, the first few years, you know, all these people would come into me asking me to heal their pain, right? Like they were unhappy and they were frustrated and they were sad and, you know, all these things because of, of the way they looked, you know, and they let that mm-hmm. affect their happiness. 
And so many people would come to me and I, I had all the tools, you know, I had everything that they needed in order for them to create these changes in their life, but the tools weren't working. And so it just, it, it, it bothered me, right? Like somebody comes to me for help. I want to be able to help them. When, when you when say tools, falling, you mean like workout, like physical tools? Yeah. You know, like, like dumbbells and all the, the workout stuff, yeah, all the training tools that, yeah. you know, I was a nutritionist. I was a fascial stretch therapist. Um, you know, I was a trainer. Like I knew all the things they needed to do to train their physical body and to, mm. you know, lose the weight and, and get the appearance they wanted. But what I didn't understand was all that stuff comes later. We have to change the way they think about themselves. We have to change their current belief structure. We have to change so much things happening with what's happening up in their mind before we can ever have the expectations to change the body. Mm. And then once I learned that, when I started opening myself up to those principles, I really started to see how those same principles weren't being followed by me in my own life. Like, yeah, I was really good in the health and fitness side, but the other areas of my life, I was not. I was broken in a lot of different ways in a lot of different places. And when I started to apply these things to those areas of my life and really started to create this this transformation that I've gone through over the last few years, it's just, you know, it's this awakening and you just... Once you understand how it all works and how you can really create these changes for people, man, you just get pretty excited about, at least I did. I got really excited to come out of that mm -hmm. place and, and anybody who was ready to have the conversation, I wanted to be able to you know, help them get to where I'm at. Because once you're here, it's an, it's an extraordinary place, but you just don't know what it feels like until you get there. Yeah. And you felt that opposite, you know, all the pain. Oh, what man, was it, it that was... made you feel broken? It was... My whole world's just crashing in. My 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 love life and my business collapsing at the same time. I had a, a thriving CrossFit gym, and almost overnight, it all kind of fell apart. And at the same time, I was engaged to be married, and that the conflict of the gym created conflict between her and I, and that fell apart almost right away. And just wow. being at what was my rock bottom moment, you know, just broke financially, broke emotionally, not having any idea like who I could trust. Like I just felt so alone and so isolated and just so broken in that moment. And I lived there for a while until it just got to the point where I asked myself like, come on, man, like, what are you going to do about this? You know, like this can't be how you're going to live the rest of your life. You got to do something. So what are you going to do? And that, that question just kind of sparked that awareness, you know, and once I woke up to the idea that, okay, I'm no longer going to live my life this way. I don't know what to do, but I'm going to figure it out. And then life just started presenting, you know, these just random circumstances like life does and everything mm -hmm. that kind of comes into your life right when you need it. And I just chose to say yes to everything, right? Like anything, anytime something seemed like a coincidence, right? Or like, wow, I can't believe that just happened right now. That to me, I took it as a sign. I was like, okay, act on it, act on it, say yes, say yes, say yes, say yes. So I just kept forcing myself to do all these things, what I felt were signs that were just kind of aligned with what I was wanting to do for myself. And it just led to this, this extraordinary journey of transformation, man. It's just, it's still ongoing. You know, I'm absolutely in love with it. That's awesome. If you had a guy, if you were talking to a guy right now, like say there's a lot of guys on here that do feel in that broken place. And they just, they don't know what they, what they want. They're like, I don't even know what I want though. Like, what do I do? How do I get out of here? 
what would the first piece of advice be for them? My first piece of advice would, would be to just write ever, write down whatever you think you want right now. Because what we want to do is we want to create the thought process. We have to, we have to start it, right? We have to start building the momentum. Like you think of that train of thought like an actual train. Right now it's just standing still. It's not moving and you got to get it moving. And if you think about a train, when it starts moving, it's really slow, right? It can do no damage, but the faster that train starts to go, the more powerful it gets until it starts going full speed and it's an unstoppable force. And that's the same thing that I, that I look at this, this train of thought here is right now it's, well, I don't know what I want. Okay. Well, take 30 minutes and go sit somewhere undistracted, put your phone away, grab a pen and a paper. Let's like, let's go old school on it and just mm -hmm. sit down and, and just free write for 30 minutes. If you could create your life by design right now, what would that life look like? You know what? And just, and just write. And then the first couple minutes, yeah, like we haven't really done this before. So it's going to feel like it's not going to work and nothing like really good. Like no full details are really going to come to your mind. It's all going to be superficial stuff, but then you're waking up your imagination. And the longer yeah. you sit with these thoughts and you start writing and like cool, cool stuff starts to show up. Right. You know, you're like, Oh man, yeah. I never even thought about that. Oh yeah. Well, if I could have that in my life, yeah, that would be awesome. Well, if I could have that, then I could have this. And then it, that momentum starts to come. And it starts to get fun. And then you get done and you, and you read it and you think, wow, this could be my life. This would be one hell of a life. Like I could get excited mm. about this. Yeah. And now that thought pattern has, has started. And then you start thinking about it more and thinking about it more. But if you, if the, if the desire is like, well, I need to create that perfect outcome. Yeah. You're never going to get there. You got to look at it like a journey, right? It's just, mm -hmm. you got to enjoy the ride. You got to enjoy the process. And eventually, you know, you're going to get to where you want to go. But the longer you obsess about the end, the harder it is to get there. Yeah. That's so true. Ah, I love that. I love this. <laughs> what can you say about the imagination? Because the imagination is crazy powerful. And I don't think enough oh, people man. tap into that and play around with it. Oh, I have a, a couple that I coach and they have a, a three-year-old son. And whenever they come in, I, I love watching this kid because whenever we stop, whenever he thinks nobody's paying attention, he immediately goes into this incredible world of imagination. And yeah. I just love watching him play because he, he just goes into this world and there's all the different characters and then he'll shift from character to character. You know, he'll be the villain and he just has this, you can just tell by watching him which character he's in, you know? And I look yeah. at that and, and I'm, and I'm, I have such envy for it. I'm like, wow, man, like when did we lose our imagination like that? Yeah. Like he is creating his own world and we just don't do that anymore. Mm. But when we do, I mean, that's, that's it how works. we start to create that. <laughs> yeah, it works. Right. But we don't do it. Like if you were to just spend 30 minutes being a kid again and just playing in your, in your make-believe world, what would that world look like? Because that is the world that you can create for yourself. Yeah. Ugh. So many people just think they can't choose. You know, it's like, I'm not in control of that. Like, this is what I've been dealt. This is it. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's our belief system, right? It's, yeah. We, all of our actions or thoughts that we take every day and every moment are based on what we believe. And the majority mm -hmm. of our beliefs were given to us as we were raised. And we don't even question them. You know, we respond yeah. and, and, and take these actions on these beliefs. And it's, but how do you know, how do you know what you know? 
right? How do you know what you believe to be true? How do you know if that's actually true or not? Have we really pulled, pulled, looked at each one of these beliefs and asked ourselves, is this belief hurting me or is this belief serving me? Mm. And if it's hurting me, we have to begin the process of, of, of breaking that belief and more importantly, replacing it with what we want to believe instead that is going to serve us. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't fall into robot mode and just carry the same patterns that give us a shitty life <laughs> we don't want. <laughs> yeah. And unfortunately, that's where most people are, right? I mean, that's yeah. why I call it a, like it's an awakening. You know, some people have woken up and a lot of people haven't, but you can't wake people up. They can only wake themselves up. Mm-hmm. And I learned that the hard way, you know, because when you're awake, you want to shake everybody else, you know, like, you need to see yeah. what I see. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get it. It's better than this. <laughs> Wake up. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I feel sometimes. Like, no, you don't get it. This really works. <laughs> I felt it. I experienced it. Oh. It is. It is like shaking them. My God. <laughs> but, um, can, can you tell me about your achieve your impossible methodology i'm curious what, what that is yeah absolutely it, it is based on you know everything that i've learned from all of my different teachers through this world of transformation and the things that i've i've gathered and what's worked for me what i've practiced with other clients and what's worked with them and it's basically Right now, when you're thinking about what it is you want for yourself and you start to get a little clarity with that, it it feels impossible. Mm. And that's something that's, it's a common statement I hear with people in the beginning when I coach them, right? When we start talking about those things, like, yeah, that's that's impossible. That will never happen. It's like, okay, it may, it, it is impossible right now because who you are right now in this moment cannot create that reality, mm. but we're going to shift you into the kind of person that can. And when we do, that's when things begin to change. And for me, the achieve your impossible methodology is three phases. It's awaken, align, and achieve. And the awakening, <clears throat> the awaken is taking an assessment of, of where you're at right now and then where it is we're going to get you to. So understanding what your current reality is, what you want it to be, what your current identity is, and who you need to be as a person in order to achieve that future reality. You know, if you're a procrastinator now, well, you need to be structured and organized. If you're late to everything, you need to be punctual. You know, if if you just if you if practice no disciplines in your life, we have to start, you know, putting some disciplines together to shift who you are in that person or shift who you are in, in your identity. And then addressing the beliefs. You know, what is it that you currently believe that's created your current reality and what do you need to believe instead to create your future one? Because the, yeah. your life right now is a reflection of everything that you've been thinking and the person you've been up to this point. So those things yeah. need to change. And then the alignment is focusing on you on your on how you feel and managing your emotional state. Because again, it's people people want what they want because they think they'll feel better when they have it. And what we need to identify is what would it feel like to have that life? And we got to shift you into feeling that way now so that you can align yourself with those things. And in managing your emotional state, which is a huge practice, and I, I, I think that is at, at, at its core, the most important practice anybody can have. The feeling, right? Is, is, yeah, is being able to shift into whatever emotion that you need to be in that moment. Maybe it is power and certain confidence. Maybe it's, you know, playfulness and humor. You know, maybe it's just 
a depth of love and connection or intimacy, like whatever that is, can you intentionally shift yourself into that emotion whenever you need to? Mm. Because that's where a lot of your power lies. And then, and then once we have all that in place, right, then we have the whole blueprint. We know where we're going. We know who we need to be. We know how to control ourselves internally by the way that we feel and whatever energy that we need to be in. We can control that. We can put ourselves in that place. Then we get into the achieve part. You know, then we'll talk about, well, what are your skills and what do you need to develop? You know, what are your influences? And then we can reverse engineer back from what is the desired outcome back to where you are right now and creating the strategy and the actionable steps to get you there. And where most people mm-hmm. fail is this is that's where they they go right into. They go right into action. And mm-hmm. they're 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 not doing all of the important work that needs to be done in order to make those actions effective and sustainable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you the can't final just step jump is, into it. Yeah. And then you and then you have to celebrate, right? Like in the end, it's mm-hmm. it's celebrating contribution. Right. Like what, when we hit these checkpoints, what are you going to do to celebrate? Because I know for me as an entrepreneur and as somebody that's just always had that tendency to put a lot of pressure on themselves, it it was never about, it was as soon as you accomplish, it was what's next. Okay. Check what's Mm -hmm. next. Check what's next. Until I worked with a coach that forced me to celebrate. Like, okay, we're not going to talk about what's next until you do something intentionally just to say, you know what? You did a good job. You earned this and I'm just going to enjoy this moment. And once mm-hmm. I started doing that, oh man, that was everything got way more fun for me because I knew yeah. there was always something exciting to look forward to. Yeah. And I just recently did a um a video on this because I know that for guys, for men especially, this is very hard to do to celebrate wins. You yeah, know, it's absolutely. like there's so many guys that are like, no, I don't need to like I should be doing this. Or like, you know, if they don't do it, they they're a failure. And if they do do it, it's like, yeah, well, I should have done that. Yeah, that's what's expected. I don't celebrate that. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. That's that belief structure, right? That's what we're told. It's crazy. It really is crazy. So, oh, I remember my question from the very beginning. (laughs) 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 It just popped in my head. Um, So how do you explain, how do you explain to people, because sometimes this is hard for me to explain. How do you explain to people like the difference between um, like when you're trying to improve someone or get them to see that they can improve, like a lot of people or some people will say, you know, I, I want to just say I'm good enough. Like I'm happy with myself. And it's like, on, on one hand, it's great to always be happy with who you are, but always strive for more. But some people see as like improvement as like, well, why do I need to be better? Like, shouldn't I just be happy with who I am? How, what would you say to someone who has that thought? That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Why do I need to be better if I'm already good enough? Yeah, it's like I'm. Aren't I supposed to be good enough? Like, aren't I supposed to feel enough for myself? So why would I need to improve all these things? I would say that it's it's a daily practice that it, it doesn't necessarily need mean that you need to grow, but you do need to maintain. And there is, you know, a practice of of showing up intentionally about how you want to feel about yourself. You know, are you feeling and showing up this way because you're doing it intentionally or do things in your life just happen to be going really well right now? And you are feeling good, but you're also still in a reactive place. And I feel like people about, who say this are more, more like not in a good place. 
Like they're not in like the best place, but at the same time, they're like, I want, like, I'm okay with myself. Like, why do I need to do all these things? But you know, they're not like happy. Mm -hmm. I get a lot of guys like this. I'm just curious. It's it's kind of interesting because it goes along with a conversation I've had quite a bit with people in our space, which is, do you need to experience some level of like a rock bottom moment in order to really awaken Mm -hmm. to what's possible for you and be able to appreciate it because you see what's on the other side. And maybe with some of these people that are like, well, things are pretty good. It's because nothing really bad has happened either. Yeah. So yeah, they're, they're kind of just in this world of, you know, average to slightly above average, you know, things aren't bad. They're not that good. They're not that bad. So I'm okay. I'm content. So they haven't really had to have that, life altering moment that's created that question within their mind of wait if things can be this bad they can also be this good so Mm. how can i get as far pain as possible and get as close to pleasure as i can Mm. i don't know you know does that have to happen i I would hate to think that it does but it's kind of like that yin and the yang right like you wouldn't know what good is if you didn't know what bad is yeah. And you wouldn't run that far towards good if you weren't in enough pain. Exactly. And that's uh, what it was. It was like, get me as far away from this feeling, this place as I possibly can. And I don't yeah. ever want to go back there ever again. That's what that, that's what that rock bottom feeling feels like. Yeah. That was my experience too. I was like, fuck this. Never again. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, yeah. crossed the, I crossed the country because it was so bad. <laughs> <laughs> and like now it's like those are my favorite moments in my life like those shit painful moments because i'm like oh my god i would not be here if it weren't for those horrible things right that isn't through. it crazy you can look back on oh, it with like so, so much love and appreciation like i'm so glad yeah. i went through that yeah like, i wouldn't be god. here if i didn't oh. <laughs> so surreal <laughs> so arvin you do a lot of um you coach a lot of women right do you coach a no, lot it's of women? Interesting that having- it's, I've, I've predominantly coached women just because it's mostly women in this transformational space. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's, it's interesting because I've, I'm getting a lot of messages that I should start working with men because, really? because I've been through it, because it, it intimidates me a little bit and I'm all about stepping into your fear. So working with women has just become comfortable because it's what I've always done. So by working with men would require me to up-level in, in multiple ways, which is, you know, for growth-minded individuals, that's the opportunities we're always looking for. But growth is mm-hmm. almost always accompanied by fear. Yeah. So being true. able to acknowledge that good fear, right? Like, why am I feeling a little resistance here? Is this because I really don't want to do it or is it because I'm a little afraid? It's like, oh, I'm a little afraid. Why am I afraid? And then it's breaking down those, those fears. Okay. Well, now that I know why I'm feeling what I'm feeling, what would be on the other side of that fear? Ah, a better version of myself. Let's go in that mm. direction. Yeah. And that's why it seems scary. Cause you have to change a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. It's the unknown, right? Yeah. It's the unknown. Cool. But I Can know we that talk about- I yeah, go, ahead. go ahead. No, you go finish. I'll say, I mean, I know I long for more men in this space. You know, because most of the yeah. conversations I have are with women. And if I go to events, it's, you know, almost all women. 
So it's, I'm looking around and it's, you know, I long for that brotherhood in this space. You know, I long for that kind of that masculine presence. And I think that if there are that many women in this space, that there's, there's got to be some conflict in their relationships if they're not able to have these kind of conversations with their significant other. And mm, if, the, that's a good point. If, the, if the space is not created for the men to learn about these things, there's going to be a disconnect there. But man, if you can it's have these conversations, language. it is, it is a language, right? I mean, we have mm -hmm. our own words, you know, alignment and manifestation and all yeah. of these different things. And, if you don't get it, if you don't understand it, and it, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's very hard to grow with somebody when there's that kind of disconnect in the relationship. Yeah, totally. That's such a good point. Well, from, from your experience working with women, can you talk about like what most women lack confidence in? Just because this will give like guys insight as to like, wow, they're, they don't feel totally confident on dates either. And, you know, maybe help them get an idea of how they can help a woman step into her confidence or be more supportive when it comes to dating. Yeah, absolutely. It really comes down to fear. I mean, a lack of confidence is a fear on a superficial mm -hmm. level. Yeah. People are afraid that they don't look good enough or, you know, things of that nature, but it's really much deeper than that. And all of us have the same two biggest fears, which are, I'm not going to be good enough, or I'm not going to be loved. And to think that you're not good enough, and you're all by yourself is, is one of the scariest places that anybody can be. And that's what affects our confidence, because we're afraid we're not going to be good enough. We're afraid we're going to be judged by the way we look or the way that we talk or the level of our intellect or how much money we have. And we're afraid we're going to be judged on all of these things. And it affects our confidence because we don't feel like we're good enough. Hmm. Do a lot of women oh, have that fear too? Like, especially about money? I don't know what most about women About money? I don't encounter as nowhere near as much as men. Yeah. I don't think so. Men, men, it's kind of this, that's kind of how we're judged, right? Like mm -hmm. the more successful we are, the, the more of a man we are. And I believe that women from society standards are always based on the way they look and men are based on the amount of money they make. Mm. Yeah. And it's, Do you find that a lot of women talk about that? Like, I feel like I won't be good enough physically. Well, yeah. I mean, that's, you know, being in a health and fitness space and, and man, it's just hearing the way that women talk about themselves is, is heartbreaking. Mm. How, one of the practices that I do with some of the women that I work with and is, you know, when we do that vision work and we identify what is this, this life they're wanting to create from themselves. And then we ask the question, all right, who is the woman that creates this life? You know, I want you to write down all the characteristics that this woman embodies, you know, and then they'll say things like, oh, she's confident. She's, she's loving. She's, She's beautiful. She's sexy. And, and it's like, they'll write on all of these different things. And then I say, okay, I want you to go down this list and I want you to say, I am. And then say each one of these words that you just used to describe this woman. And I've done this with so many of my clients. And for the majority of them, it's a very emotional process. And a lot of them start crying when they start doing it because they have never 
said an I am statement of words like that. It's always been self-defeating, mm. right? So to sit there and say like, oh, like I am sexy is probably one of the most difficult phrases I, I see a woman make about herself. Like mm. l- looking at it, like I can't say that. Like they're just words, right? It's just three words. And they sit there and it's just like, I can't. That That is in such conflict with what I believe about myself that I physically cannot get the words out of my mouth. And then seeing that and, and, and being in that moment, it becomes very emotional because it's kind of, it's a, it's waking them up to something, right? Like, oh my gosh, like this shouldn't be this hard. Yeah. What have I done to myself by thinking these thoughts of, of negativity and self-destruction? You know, where have I put myself? And it's okay to acknowledge that that's where you're at. But the focal point is, okay, what are we going to do about it? Yeah. Because we can change it. That's nuts. Cause even me, like last week I went clothes shopping and I just, I realized like after I left, I said, wow, every single thing I thought in my head was negative about my body. Yeah. And it was insane to me. And I'm like, holy shit. Like I was going through all the things I said in my head and I started crying on the way home. Cause I'm like, how am I so mean to myself? Like I, you know, I teach men how to be confident and I tell them to embrace themselves and love themselves. And here I am like, abusing myself verbally and it's just it was terrible and it was the worst feeling ever and it's like fuck like we all get sucked into that but it was just it was hard and it was it was hard coming out of it too it is hard it's an it's an identity thing you know the the most powerful force in our mind is our need to stay consistent with our identity and when there's any kind of conflict to that it doesn't matter if it's your identity doesn't make you feel good it doesn't matter none of that matters all that matters is that's what your mind believes who you are. And it's going to do whatever it can to continue supporting that belief. Yeah. Well, what was crazy with me is like, I, I speak so positively, positively of myself. Like I have a morning routine where I do it. And like all throughout the day, like I'm very supportive of my body, like in the gym and I'm always saying nice things. And then I went in that, do you think it was just like an association with dressing rooms or something where I did that? Cause it just, it came out of nowhere and it was so mean. And I was like, Oh my God, like this isn't me. You know, it was that type of feeling. What do you think? Well, I don't know about women's dressing rooms, but I know the lighting in men's dressing rooms is (laughs) terrible. terrible. They're so bad. (laughs) I know my body does not look any worse (laughs) than it does in a dressing room in a a clothing store. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's true. It's a practice, right? There's, it's a practice. The negative thoughts and self-defeating thoughts and fearful thoughts are never going away. They are always going to show up. It's just a matter of what are you going to do when they do show up? Do you have a better thought to replace it with when it does, right? Like, can you be self-aware to the point where you're like, Oh my God. And you're being self-defeating in your thought. Like, Oh, I look so fat in this outfit. And it's like, you know what? No, I don't. I'm amazing. My body is top notch. Mm. Right. Just like whatever, whatever it is. Like, no, I love my body. My body is sexy. I've earned this body. My body is beautiful. Like just to tell yourself, even if it doesn't feel good in the moment, even if it doesn't feel real, it's still better than the thought you'd be entertaining otherwise. Yeah. That is so true. Just say it. Regardless of how mm-hmm. you feel, how it, can it men be more? What? I mean, that's what it comes down to. It's it's focusing on how you feel, right? Like, how do you feel yeah. if if you do not like the way you feel? What are you thinking about? 
because whatever you're thinking about mm. is creating the way you feel. Yes. If you want to feel something different, what is the thought that's going to allow you to feel that way? Yeah. Oh, I love that. What, how can men be, because sometimes, a lot of the times, women beat themselves up in front of men, like maybe on a date, like they'll say something that that brings down their body or, you know, like I, I, I feel like personal, like I've had personal experience with this where I said something like mean about myself in front of a guy. And then sometimes I catch myself and sometimes he says something. Um, what do you think? What do you, what would you recommend men say to women who let us comment slip out like that about themselves in order for them to be more supportive of her? That's a great question. And, and normally those comments come out because we assume that's what the other person is thinking. So we want to say mm. it before they say it, right? Oh, yeah, that makes sense. We're afraid that we're not good enough. So let me just put that out there. Let me just put this fear out there so you can't you tell know, me. I'm not I know, I <laughs> yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. And, and honestly, like, I would say nine times out of 10, what you think we're thinking, we are not thinking. It is all in your head. You're just assuming that's what we're thinking about. Everybody's so concerned about what everybody else is thinking, and we're all thinking about ourselves. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. You know, if if you're if you don't like the way you're you're feeling, you're almost always thinking about yourself. So one thing you can do is immediately just like, well, how can I serve this other person? Let me just take my attention off of me and focus it on somebody else. Who can I help? Who can I serve? How can I contribute? Because really, we're just being selfish if we're just focusing on ourselves. Yeah, that's true. But to, to answer your question, mm -hmm. I think that the practice of intentional conversation and communication is essential to the success of a relationship. And what I mean by that is if I'm in a relationship then I'm going to have a scheduled conversation with that person at least once a month. So let's just say the first Sunday of every month, we're going to sit down and we're going to have a relationship conversation. And we're going to have specific questions that we're going to ask answer for each other about our relationship with the sole intention of, of making sure that we're staying strong here, that we're still in it, and that we're continuing to, to grow this relationship on a deeper level. And that's where those questions can be answered because A, you guys both know you're coming into this conversation. B, you know it's a safe space because so often we communicate out of emotion. And when we communicate when we're frustrated or scared or angry or any of those things, it just puts the other person on the defense. But when you know that you're coming into this conversation with the intention of sharing how you feel so the other person understands it, and so that you guys can have an honest conversation about how can we resolve this and how can we make this better so we can just be a, a stronger couple moving forward. And some of those questions could be, you know, over the last month, you know, where did you feel supported? Where did you feel loved? And you can have those conversations. And, and it's like, yeah, like this, like you really showed up for me here and I really love this part and, and everything. And, and it helps you identify like, because a lot of times those answers you don't even realize you're having that kind of effect on that person. And yeah. it allows you to be more intentional with how you show up in the future. And then you can ask a question of, you know, what made you want to pull away? You know, and, and then you can have that honesty, right? Like, well, 
these are the things that you're doing and saying that, you know, I'm not feeling, it doesn't make me feel very good when you say those things. Is there another, and you have that conversation, well, what can I say instead? You know, how can I support you there? What would have been a better way for me to, to handle that? So when that shows up in the future, I can take a different approach. Mm. And when you can have this, that, that safe conversation where you know you can be vulnerable and really talk about the things that are scaring you and hurting you and know that it's just going to be received with nothing but appreciation and love with the intention of resolving it so it doesn't need to happen that way anymore. So powerful. So yeah. powerful. I recommend doing it with a glass or two of wine, but it's up to you how you want to have the conversation. <laughs> I agree with you. <laughs> that's like an awesome night, actually. That sounds really fun. <laughs> yeah. It, it's like it, ask it's your cool. partner questions and drink. Yeah. But like, what about like men who aren't, don't have a part, don't have a woman that they're that they can get, they're not at the point of having that sit down conversation and scheduling that. Like maybe they're just dating her. Maybe they're on, maybe it's a first date and a girl said something that, that brings herself down. Is there anything a guy can say to counteract it in a way, or just so he doesn't feel awkward and just remain silent? Like, is it better for him to like say something to make her feel better or support her? Mm, that's a really interesting question because that comment is coming from her belief about mm -hmm. herself. So to even say something different is just going to, she's just going to deflect it. She's not going to receive the compliment because she doesn't believe that about herself. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that's not a good thing, right? Like, don't tell me I'm beautiful because I don't believe I am. And when you say that, I feel like you're just saying that to say that and that you don't really mean it because I can't really believe it. Mm. What that's would I true. say in that, in that statement? You know, like, <laughs> I'm always coaching, you know, I'm, so I would, I would ask the question, yeah. why, why would you say that about yourself? Mm. I would question it. I don't know if that's a, a good answer, though. You know, I don't know if that, <laughs> <laughs> if that would lead. I, I feel like would, I would say the same would thing just, as a coach. Like, why, why did you say Why would you say that? I don't, I don't see that in you at all. That's not what I see at all. Why would you say that about yourself? Mm. You know? Yeah. And then see if she wants to open up and, and respond to that or see if she's closing off and she just says, no, I don't want to talk about it. Then you just leave her alone. Yeah. But that can open an emotional connect. So I like that. Or well, you could ask a question. Like a you could say, oh, that's interesting. Would it be okay if I shared with you what I see? Mm. And then ask mm. permission. And say, yeah, this is what I see. And then you can take that opportunity to really just do a Oh, I like that. Yeah. That like makes amazing. me, I'm like smile. I'm beaming right now. I'm like, oh my God, if a guy did that to me, I'd be like, <laughs> I'd be like oh my God, yeah, tell me. <laughs> all the things, please. All the things. <laughs> Everything. I got time. Order a bottle of wine. <laughs> I just recently found out my uh, love language is words of affirmation. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Okay. Mine's physical touch. That's my second one. I thought yeah. mine was physical touch and that came in second. It was very close, but yeah, those two are up there. Yeah, it's good to know. Yeah. We assume so, that what we want is what other people want by knowing what the other person's love language is. It allows us to show up a little more intentionally. Yeah.
Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even what you were saying before, when you have, if you are at the point of having that sit down conversation with your partner, it's like, you can ask questions like to find out their love language based on, you know, did you like when I did that? And if they say no, it's probably like, oh, they're probably more, you know, it's probably better to support them verbally versus physically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you know, it's interesting when you are dating, like we get so caught up on like timelines and such with relationships, right? Like, oh, you're not supposed to talk about those things in the beginning, right? Like don't talk about love in the first couple months, right? You're going to scare the person away and, you know, you got to wait for things to, you know, slowly start to open up before you can really start talking about the things that you want to talk about. And if you know what you want, you have clarity on that, have the conversations. If that person's not open and willing to have that conversation with you, then maybe that's just not the right person for you. Hmm. Yeah. I agree. There's so many guys who aren't authentic because they hold back. So it's like they're not authentically themselves. And then they come across like this different guy. And then when they are authentic, she's not into him. So it's like, just get everything out when you, when you feel it's right to get out, you know? It is, man. It's, it's really just fear, right? We're so afraid of doing and saying the wrong thing. But like, that's, I love the word authentic, you know, the more it's, it's, much easier said than done to really just show up and be your true self and not have that fear of other people's opinions because it's so strong and we all struggle with that fear constantly and but the more that we can do it the more we can just stay true to ourselves and really trust our intuition and make the difficult decisions you know the the better quality of life we're going to be able to live and the more you know influence and impact we'll be able to have on those around us yeah yeah, that's so true. All right, before the last question, Arvin, where can the guys mm-hmm. find you to hear more about you? Sure, you can just follow me on Instagram, Arvin underscore Anderson. Um, I'll go live on there every morning. I answer everybody's DMs that send me messages, and I just continue to try to just spread that influence of teaching people, you know, what that journey of stepping into your your full confidence, stepping into you know, living your life with certainty. You know what that looks like and how to do that so that you can influence yourself to go out there and have a, a positive impact on others. Yeah. Love it. And thank you for all that you do. You're great. This is such a great conversation and you could tell you have I love this. a lot of knowledge around this and you're helping a lot of people with it. I love it, man. I love this world. I could talk about this stuff yeah. all day. <laughs> I, <laughs> me too. I do talk about it all day. <laughs> <laughs> no, me too. Me too. I'm like, I want to just stay on here with him. <laughs> do I have to go? <laughs> this is like all, everything I love talking about so much. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Okay, last question. What What would be the best mindset practice that the guys can have before entering the dating world? So like maybe like one thing they can, maybe like a mantra or something they can keep in their head before, before entering the dating world or going on a first date. Like what's something that they can hold in their head Mm -hmm. to keep them authentic and confident. You know, I love this because relationships and my love life was the most broken area of my life. And it's something that I'm still working through, but I've gotten much better at it because I'm much more self-aware and much more intentional, but it is, it's a growing process. And and I hadn't grown in that area of my life for 20 years until I woke up to the idea that I wasn't. And one of the practices that I did with a coach of mine was, you know, I found myself reliving the same relationship over and over and over again, just with a different person. 
and it was I was stuck in a pattern. And so the first part of our practice was, well, I want you, you know, he told me, I want you to write out, you know, what would your ideal woman be like? And what would your ideal relationship be like? And so I did my vision work on it. And I sat down and I wrote and I wrote and I wrote and I wrote. And the more I wrote, the more detailed I got, the more detailed I got, I, I, the more I started to feel this relationship. And I was like, wow, if this could be a reality for me, this like, what an extraordinary partnership this would be. Like what an extraordinary relationship would be the things that we could accomplish together. Like that would be amazing. And I went back and I was all excited about it. I'm like, wow, this would feel really good to have it. He's like, all right, great. So I'm going to ask you the most important question. I want you to write these answers down. I said, what's that? He's like, who do you need to be as a man in order to attract this woman in this relationship? And when he asked me that question, my jaw dropped because I realized in that moment that I was not the man that I needed to be to attract that kind of relationship and that kind of woman. And so then I really did the real work and I started to write down the characteristics of the man that deserves a relationship like that and how I needed to show up. And once I got real clear on who that man was, it then became my practice of intentionally showing up as that man. And that would be my best advice as you enter the dating world is being very clear on who do you need to be as a man in order to attract the kind of woman that you want and be very intentional was showing up as that man. Love it. Thanks for showing up today, Arvin. You're amazing. Oh, thank you so much. This is so much fun. I love this. 